everyone. Hello, listeners. Uh, happy Pi Day. Happy Daylight Savings time if you are uh, an unfortunate place that observes Daylight Savings time. It is good for me because it's extremely sunny out right now as I'm recording for the first time in five months. Um, it's bad for so- me because I could not fall asleep last night and then I couldn't stay asleep either. And then I slept oh. through my alarm for like an, over an hour. Uh, and then I woke up to a couple of texts from my mom. You up? <laughs> okay, I'm taking the dog's collars off. Oh my god. So I texted her back and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just woke up. And she's like, it's okay. I started working. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, the poor dogs thinking that they're going to go for a walk and then not. Oh, oh no. But I'll then she was like, by the time. But then she was like, go back to sleep. And I'm like, okay. And then I kind of drifted in and out um, for another two uh, hours. Ah, yes. Uh, so, yes. It's okay. I am currently having caffeine. We're great. We're gonna do fine. We're gonna do We're great. Gonna... It's great. We're gonna have a fine, normal recording. Just it's gonna like be a... we always do. It's gonna be the energy is gonna be completely normal and there's definitely yep. not gonna be any cat sounds. Loki's not gonna try to break into my room. Um <laughs> Hopefully my nephew doesn't try to come in. I did not lock the door because then that would take away my cat's access to his litter box, and that doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh so I just put a 20-pound weighted blanket in front of the door to my actual bedroom, and hopefully <laughs> that will be enough. Um I like um choosing to imagine uh any listeners who are not familiar with the fact that um you have a cat named Loki or there is a cat in your house currently named Loki um so when you say things like Loki is not going to try to break into my room <laughs> on our comics podcast they're like uh it's a, I be worried it long running joke that <laughs> <laughs> the Norse god of mischief Loki just loves to hang out in my room during recording uh, loves to nap in here, loves to look at birds through the window. Um. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All those things that Loki famously loves to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, today I thought that we could talk about Moondragon. Um, nice. Yeah, not for any particular reason, just because every time she comes up in a different like episode i'm like we should do an episode on moon dragon and uh here we are first off extremely cool name yes <laughs> that one that one's on lock um so moon dragon uh first appeared in um iron man in uh 1973 written uh by bill everett and Mike Friedrich, and drawn by George Tuska. And when she initially showed up, she was not called Moondragon. Um, she was a one-off supervillain named Madame McEvil. Good. Yeah. You know, she knows what she's about. 
and uh, she showed up for one issue to, um, she makes uh, Iron Man and Namor fight each other. We also have to do it's, a Namor it's episode. It's not hard. It's not hard. Look at them. <laughs> it's not difficult to make these two men fight. Yeah, she doesn't even use any, like, evil powers or anything. She just puts them in the same place, and they're like, I hate this guy. Um, I think, um, I think what actually happens is, is she, like, she hacks into Tony's armor. She has, like, this, uh, sentient, like, computer assistant that she spends the whole episode, like, (laughs) bantering with and berating um, and she, like, hacks into Tony's armor and makes him fight Namor, and then, uh, obviously, <laughs> Namor's extremely ready to fight in return, <laughs> um, because of who he is as a person, um, and she has this extremely dramatic look, um, she's got a shaved head and, like, massive earrings and, a cape with a super high collar and then, like, basically a swimsuit and then I, knee-high boots. I am trying so hard to find a non-extremely sexualized picture of Moondragon right now, and it is very difficult. Yeah, th- there is, uh, the looks, um, the looks have gone to some dark places. She's There's had- one that's, like, string. It's just string, strategically placed. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, listen, I- Oh, no. I think, I think there somebody, are- Somebody did a custom Lego, and it looks oh, so bad. Oh, no. Oh, Moon Dragon. <laughs> oh, oh, Heather. No. Anyways, um, so she, uh, shows up in this one Iron Man issue, uh, makes Tony fight Namor- Tony eventually, like, breaks free of her control and, like, destroys her base. And, um, she gets, like, uh, like, tossed into the ocean and she does, like, like, oh, Iron Man, I'll get you next time, sort of thing. Um, (coughs) and then she doesn't show up again for, uh, several months. And then... Later that same year, in Daredevil, uh, she comes back, but this time the story is, uh, completely different. So this is, um, sort of in, uh, the midst of Thanos' introduction. Thanos actually made his first appearance that year in the issue of Iron Man after Madame MacEvil showed up, and then a lot of, you know, Thanos-related things uh, were happening throughout, like, a bunch of different books once he was introduced uh, due to, you know, being kind of a big deal. (laughs) And uh, I think... Drax is also introduced in Iron Man. Uh, so tying into all of this, uh, Moondragon shows up again in Daredevil. 
now going by Moondragon. And she's given this new backstory that ties her into all this Thanos stuff and makes her mostly not a supervillain anymore. But she... So the new backstory, um, her name is Heather Douglas, uh, and she is the daughter of Arthur Douglas, uh, the man who would eventually become Drax the Destroyer. Uh, so what happens is Heather and her parents are driving through the desert and see Thanos's spaceship land in the desert and Thanos not wanting to have any witnesses to his arrival on earth uh blows up their car um Heather survives she uh is able to she like gets like thrown away from the explosion she doesn't get killed um her mom dies her dad Arthur Douglas dies um but his uh spirit is uh retrieved by Thanos's father uh mentor and they're like hey uh Thanos killed your family we're going to put uh your soul in a new body uh and you're gonna go kill Thanos. <laughs> Start getting ready. <laughs> um, so that, uh, he becomes Drax, the Destroyer. Um, and then this part I'm not, so Thanos's father, Mentor, um, who, uh, he's, uh, he's an Eternal, but I think they <coughs> retconned in later they tied this all into the eternal stuff later. Um, so Mentor finds Heather um, and takes her back to Titan, where Thanos is from, so that she can be trained by monks. I don't know who at what point has what knowledge. I don't know if Mentor deliberately keeps from Drax the fact that his daughter survived. I don't know if he tells Heather, like, also, <laughs> we put your dad in a new body. Um, that- I don't know at what point, <laughs> if they don't know, like, when they find out about each other. Seems like some pretty uh, important information if your dad goes to a different body. Yeah, it seems like that's something that you would want to know about, for sure. Um, so it's it's possible that this is like shadiness and mentor like keeping things from them so they get mad they want revenge and they want to go fight Thanos or maybe he didn't and like they just like found out about each other at different times but regardless Heather is um on Titan uh and she gets trained by these uh monks uh the monks of Shaolom, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> I like, um, and by like, I mean, of course, comics are like this. I like that it's an alien society and they still have Orientalist monks. 
<laughs> I like mean, it's like it really you go, could ha- it really shows the uh lack of creativity. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it's, could, it's, a, it's a stereotype really built in there, I guess. Mhm. Mhm. Like you can have like, you know, a group of powerful warriors who spend time, you know, honing their bodies and minds um and not have it be <laughs> based on like very outdated orientalist tropes. Are but... you sure? Cuz it seems like maybe not. It seems like maybe you can't actually. So that was my mistake for for thinking that. Um it also like Heather is white, so it also creates some weirdness there. It's not like her whole vibe isn't necessarily super like East Asian influenced, but it is once again like a character like a white character who was trained by in this case, Asian-inspired aliens. <laughs> um, and to become, like, a hero. Uh, but she, while she's there, so she learns uh, martial arts. Uh, she learns math and science. Um, she gets extremely focused on, like, genetics and, like, genetic engineering and they also tell her that uh all humans have some level of like psychic ability and if she works really hard and focuses she can tap into that so she's able to uh gain a pretty high level um telepathic uh ability that you know, lets her do all the all the, the classic telepath things like communicate with people, control them, uh, you know, create like illusions, she can alter people's memories. Um she also has uh some telekinesis that uh, you know, she can use to obviously <laughs> float things and move them and also create some uh like shields and energy blasts and that sort of thing. Um she doesn't have like any physical superpowers, but she is like so extremely intensely trained in like martial arts that she basically has superpowers. <laughs> She's extremely fast and strong uh, and powerful. So the th- the thing about Heather is that um she pretty quickly gets somewhat overconfident in her own abilities which again are very real. She is very good at everything she is doing, but she's a little too smug about how good she's doing. Um she reaches out with her psychic powers and she makes contact with an entity called uh the dragon of the moon um i think i think this element of the backstory was added a little bit later i think it's partly to uh 
give her like more, like kind of a, an arc uh later on when she's like with the defenders um and also to i guess explain why she's called moon dragon um instead of just being it's sick <laughs> it's sick and radical um she contacts this uh entity called the dragon of the moon which is a somewhat malevolent ancient being that has at some point tried to take over the world but was foiled uh and when she makes contact with it um it tries to possess her uh but she is able to psychically resist it she believes um and after she does she's like wow that was so cool i'm the greatest psychic of all time i'm gonna change my name to moon dragon to show how i totally kick the dragon of the moon's ass um however there's it doesn't manage to possess her but like some part of it gets it's like psychic tendrils into her brain and influences her without her knowing it uh as she's going around whoops telling everybody what a, a cool and awesome job she did um and uh the uh the monks are not happy um with like pretty much any of this with uh her talking to this ancient dragon or um you know naming herself after it or like going around like acting like she's hot shit and uh she ends up like sort of uh disillusioned with them um she also has like uh an encounter where she like uh goes she goes with um this (sighs) this drives me nuts um a guy called runner who's one of the elders of the universe which is a thing that's different from the eternals or all the other godlike beings um, it's, like, a group of people who are, like, the last members of their respective species, and they all have, like, descriptive names. So the Collector is one of them, I think the Grandmaster is one of them, and then they're all, like, Gardener or Astrologer or stuff like that. And this one, this, this guy's name is Runner, and, um, she has an encounter with him where he, like, shows her, um like, this planet that's, like, near a sun, where the sun is, like, you know, at risk of going supernova, and she's like, well, we should warn the planet, and he's like, well, I can't because of, you know, I've, like, taken this, like, promise not to, like, interfere with these sorts of things, and she's like, well, then, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, ends up, like, extremely, like, disillusioned with, like, everything that's going on and uh she ends up on earth because uh titan is attacked by thanos surprise and he uh attacks the monastery but heather uh escapes and she flees to earth and she meets daredevil <laughs> um so the the explanation given for um 
you know, that time that she called herself Madame MacEvil and made <laughs> Iron Man and Namor fight, um, is not because she thought it would be funny, even though that would be valid. Um, the story is that while she is on Earth, she's trying to come up with a way to fight Thanos. Um, so she actually, she was trying to get, um, <laughs> she was making Tony fight Namor so that, uh, she could study them and see if she could learn anything about whether they could fight Thanos or, you know, if they could help her create something else that could fight Thanos. Um, she also teams up with, um, an evil lawyer who I think is like one of Matt's, um, like lawyer enemies, uh, named Kerwin <laughs> J. Broderick. An evil lawyer. That's <laughs> an extremely evil lawyer name. Um, and using her, like, genetic engineering and, like, science knowledge, they do these um, experiments on people that end up, like, creating, uh, a few, several new supervillains. Uh, one of them is a guy who, uh, can do, like, a Black Canary, like, Sonic thing. Um, one of them is called Ramrod, and they, <laughs> they replace his bones with steel, basically. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think I, I think they were. I know, like, at least one of these people was like agreed to this. They were like, "Hell yeah, I want cool superpowers," and then I'll go do crime with them. Um, none of this seems like it would help fight Thanos all that much. Like, <laughs> I guess it's like you know, all all science is about you know gradual steps and a process. Um, but no, it, I don't know if any of these guys are more powerful than the guys you already have who would fight Thanos. <laughs> so she does all that. Um, she meets Daredevil. She explains her whole deal. Um, she briefly has like romantic feelings, uh, for Matt that, um, don't last very long she's she's also she she's not straight currently <laughs> for for a period of time she was being written as straight she's not i'm not just saying that like like textually canonically she is a lesbian now um but she um she also she is able to um use like a martial arts like pressure point thing to restore Matt's sight but then it doesn't last um I don't know like I mean I guess if he really wanted it back she could just keep doing it uh but it would kind of kind of ruin his whole thing that he has going um she is there the first time the Avengers fight Thanos she kind of, you know, tells them her whole deal. Tony's like, weren't you, like, didn't you have, like, a secret base and an oil rig and a talking computer and you tried to make me fight Namor? And she's like, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't stress about it. 
Um, but so then at that point, she's largely aligned with, you know, the hero side of things, especially, you know, when the Avengers primary issue is Thanos and her primary goal is stopping Thanos. Uh, though she still does some, um, questionable stuff. Um, she's like a proper member of the Avengers for a little bit. And then she, um, meets, uh, Patsy Walker, uh, Hellcat, and decides to, uh, that she needs, uh, training. So she takes her back to Titan to, you know, teach her to defend herself. Um, and also I think, I think, I think she teaches, she like gives her some like psychic abilities, but then she basically like blocks her from using them. She's like, no, you don't know how to use these properly. I'm taking them away. <laughs> you know what? Never mind. Bad idea. Bad idea. I shouldn't have done this. Unlike me, Moondragon, who is only going to do good things with my psychic powers. Um, she clearly has like kind of a, a different view of, you know, morality from a lot of the Avengers. Um, cause I guess partly because she was mostly raised by space monks. Um, they have this, um, this fight with a, uh, uh, guy named Korvac, um, who's like, uh, the, one of those villains who's like, there's too much chaos and violence in the universe. It would be solved if I was in charge of everything. Um, and she reads his mind while they're fighting and she goes, actually, he might have a point. I'm not going to fight this guy. You guys can do what you want. I think he might be right. Bye. Um, which, uh, probably didn't go over very well. Nah, nah, not exactly. Um, what uh goes over less well is when she sort of puts the same idea into practice where she is like she and Drax like go like traveling through space together uh fun bonding activities looking for people in need um and they find this uh planet that's just like war torn and she's like, I have a great plan. I'm going to psychically control everyone on this planet to make them stop fighting and then put myself in charge of this planet. And then the war will be over. Um, and Drax is like, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's very good. He, um, calls the Avengers. Moondragon ends up like psychically ejecting. <laughs> Drax's soul from his body during the resulting confrontation. T comes back, he's fine. <laughs> I mean, not immediately, I don't think, but he is eventually fine. Um, it's comics. And uh the Avengers are like, okay, this was pretty messed up. We should probably do something. Um, so Thor's like, I'll take her to the guy with the best judgment I know, my father Odin. <laughs> Real dad of the year, Odin. Real dad of the year, Odin. And Odin goes, yeah, this is pretty messed up. Luckily, I, Odin, have one of my classic great plans. I'm going to give you this headband that will dampen your psychic powers 
and you have to wear it until you've learned to be a better person. <laughs> um, and he's like, also, Valkyrie is going to keep an eye on you to make sure that you don't uh, fuck anything else up. So she goes with Valkyrie when Valkyrie joins the Defenders. So Moondragon is also sort of on the Defenders. Um, <laughs> while she's there, she keeps trying to psychically summon people to fight the Defenders, hoping that either one of them will take the headband off of her or that the Defenders will get <laughs> so overwhelmed that they'll, they'll be like, oh no, we have to take Moondragon's headband off so she can help us. Um, it doesn't work, but it's kind of a funny plan. And this is where they kind of um, introduce, I think, a lot of the, the Dragon of the Moon stuff and the idea that this has actually been kind of subconsciously influencing her throughout her life. Um, at one point, the Dragon of the Moon, like, reaches out to her and offers her, he's like, I can take your magic headband off and give you unlimited power. And she's like, no, actually... That sounds bad, and I'm kind of attached to the Defenders now. Um, and Odin's like, ah, you've passed the test. I will take off your magic headband. <laughs> um, congratulations, you've congratulations. done Congratulations. Um, she does end up later being, like, fully possessed by the Dragon of the Moon. Obviously, it's comics, you're not gonna have someone be subconsciously influenced by an evil entity and not have it possess them at some point. Um, it's like she gets um, infected with like alien spores and she's dying and the dragon of the moon is like, I'll save your life if you let me possess you. And she's like, no, that I, you are evil and you'll kill the defenders. And he, like, manipulates her into thinking that actually the Defenders all hate her, have been saying mean things about her. Um, and uh, she uh, accepts the offer. Obviously, the Dragon of the Moon does try to kill the Defenders. Um, and a bunch of them sacrifice themselves to stop it, seemingly killing Heather in the process. Uh, but it's comics, so her psychic essence, like, contacts her cousin, um, and has her cousin help her create a clone body, um, that she can then inhabit, um, and then she's like, hey, do you want to come, like, travel the, uh, universe with me and, like, fight evil and stuff, and you can be, your name can be Sun Dragon. And her cousin's like, yeah, that sounds cool. I guess I don't have anything else important going on in my life. Cool um, cousin, help you clone something and travel space with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, she uh, briefly tries to uh, romance another man, uh, Quasar. Is it? And she's like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? It's a mystery to me. Is it, is it Qua Quasar? How do you- I should know this. I'm not a physicist. Is it Quasar I, or Kazar? I feel like I've heard Quasar. Kazar comes as a shock. Okay, great. I'm gonna Although, say Quasar. If somebody said that it was pronounced Kazar, I'd be like, you're probably right. 
You're probably right. I don't right. know. I, <laughs> I don't know enough about Quasars to dispute it. Um, she tries to romance Quasar specifically because she's like, if we were a couple, we would be so incredibly powerful. And he's like, that's not a reason to date somebody. And she goes, oh. Are you sure? Interesting. <laughs> um, and then after this, she um, starts helping train um, Captain Marvel. Um, not, uh, it's like, he's a third Captain Marvel. Um, and he's, I think, a Cree. He's like Marvel's son. So a like post Carol Captain Marvel briefly. He's not not Captain Marvel for very long. He's not that important. Um but while she's training him, he also he's like he has like a some sort of like psychic bond with Rick Jones who we should also do an episode on. I don't think We've de- we've talked about Rick Jones in many circumstances, but I don't think we've done an episode. Um anyways, she um she falls in love with Rick Jones's wife and they run away together. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, um it um it actually rules. Um his, uh she ends up uh her name is Marlo. Um she ends up going back to Rick, um, and Moondragon, uh, falls in love with, um, this Captain Marvel's sister, uh, Phyla Vell, who remains her love interest, uh, after this. Um, they both, they both die a bunch of times. After this, in like various uh situations, um, it's like uh, Moon Dragon gets uh kidnapped by Thanos, and then uh, Drax rescues her, um, and then uh, they like m- Heather gets um, she gains the ability to shapeshift into a dragon, which uh, like objectively completely rules. Rad, rad, rad. Yeah, rad. Um, and then she can't change back, which does not rule, but, you know, there are worse things to be than a fucking rad space dragon. Um, and then while they're trying, I think, to find a way to help her turn back, she gets killed by Ultron, and then, like, uh... Phyla and Drax um go to like the afterlife to get her back. Um the two of them join the Guardians of the Galaxy together. Um where like uh Moondragon does sort of like psychic like mission control stuff with Mantis. Um and then Phyla seemingly dies and then um Heather tries to, like, goes on a quest to find her, and then I think discovers that she's still alive. Um, there's, like, I think, 
at some point also it's like phyla um like phyla makes a, a deal to like get heather out of the afterlife and she becomes like an avatar of oblivion um they've uh <laughs> they've really gone through it um <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm I'm not sure where they currently stand, but IMO um they uh should be in comics um because of gay rights. And also I I do like I like I like Moondragon a lot in theory, for extremely obvious reasons, um, that she is a problematic woman, um, which is, like, it's so easy to get me. I wish so many of her costumes did not look the way that they did. I mean, good, good for her, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if she, if she was a real person, who made the decision to dress like that, I would say, follow your heart. But she... She's not. Is made up. <laughs> and she is usually drawn by men. And I wish they would not do that. I wish they would do something else. Yep. Um, I found one of the, like, least sexualized costumes that I found, she still has, like, like her lips are, like, oddly pursed in, like, a kissy face. And I'm oh like, my gosh. This, I'm like, she's mostly, like, there's a little bit of cleavage, but she's mostly covered up, but this still feels, like, ridiculously sexualized. Like, <laughs> I ended up going with one of the ones where she has, like, a, a, a crop top, basically, and pants, but it felt more like, yes, this is a woman going about her day. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, <laughs> comics, why? Comics. Every time. God. Um, anyways. Um, you did not read comics. I did not, know. Um, but you watched, you watched some movies. I watched some movies. I did watch, uh, you know, Pixar turning red because... Yep. Hello, yes, it's me. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy movies that people are like... I cried, and I'm like, mm, yes. Let me turn into. Let me tune in. Let me. Yeah, I would love to cry. Thank you. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, it's very good. It's very cute. I did cry a lot. Uh, oh no! <laughs> and then um, I ended up watching the apparently because I watched Hilda, the cartoon, yes. when it came out, which is based on graphic novel series so it's technically comics yes. books related um and then i just found out yesterday when i was browsing netflix that there is a movie that they released in december <laughs> that takes place right after season two and it's called hilda and the mountain king and it's also very good and i cried a bunch oh oh boy i gotta i watched a little bit of Hilda, and I really liked it. And then I just simply got distracted and did not finish it. But I should watch the rest of that and also cry, probably. Yes. Hmm. Um, 
I did, uh, I also saw a movie. I, um, saw The Batman, um, this past week, and I really, really liked it. Um, which is, like, not surprising, uh, because, you know, it's a Batman movie, and I'm me. Um, but I was sort of thinking, I was like, there'll probably be some stuff I like, but it is three hours long and super grimdark, so there'll probably also be parts where I'm like, ugh. But I really enjoyed it pretty much the whole way through. Um, we will hopefully do a bonus episode on it at some point. Um, but it did make me... The first thing I did when we got out of the movie was I was like, wow, that had such long Halloween vibes. And then I was like, I just realized I still have not read the sequel to Batman Long Halloween, Dark Victory. So I requested that from the library. <laughs> so Congratulations. Yeah, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be my comics for this week. Um, so thank you, um, Matt Reeves's The Batman for <laughs> reminding me to finally read Dark Victory. I still need to read Long Halloween. I picked it up many Halloweens ago. <laughs> <laughs> Truly the longest Halloween of all has been you waiting to read Long Halloween. I I keep waiting to, like, read it around Halloween, and then I forget mm -hmm. around Halloween, yeah. and then it's, like, months later, I'm like, oh, dang, well, this Halloween for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely this time I will remember. Um, I also um, mostly caught up on Dark Knights of Steel, um, and I really, I really like it. It has, like, such fanfiction vibes, which I mean in a, a highly complimentary way. Um, I mean, yes, obviously. We are us. We we are us. We, we, it, we love a like, fanfiction. We, we truly do. Just, like, truly, like, as you and I both know how, like, the most fun part of making an elaborate AU fanfiction is, like, figuring out, like, how everybody fits into it and, like, how to, like, you know fix like everybody's deal to this like different universe um so it's very it like has a lot of that energy reading it and like obviously the same is this isn't the only like au thing um that has ever existed in comics and like a lot of them have this vibe but it just really does like every time like you're reading it and like somebody new shows up and it's like ooh this is this is the high fantasy version of Constantine it's like oh cool <laughs> um and then also as i've mentioned before the fact that like the Clark and Bruce dynamic is basically the same as like fan fictions i was writing in like high school um just really it just <laughs> really gives me a, a a warm fuzzy feeling to read it. It's much better than fan fictions I was writing in high school, but I guess that's why I wasn't a professional comic book writer. Yeah, I um, would hope that um professional comic book writers can write better than a high school student. I God. mean, there's a lot of high school students that can write really well, but a lot of us could not. 
<laughs> a lot of us couldn't. But also, some comic book writers, I, I, I truly wonder. Thin ice. <laughs> Thin ice. Not, uh, not Mr. Tom Taylor, though. Um, Dark Knights of Steel. Tom Taylor's really enjoyable. everywhere right now, huh? Tom Taylor is having a moment. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I did, uh, I did pick up the second half of the, uh, Superman Nightwing crossover, uh, but I haven't read it yet. But it is just, it is just there waiting to probably make me really, 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 really emotional. They didn't have, I, I got into my comic book shop too late. They didn't have the first half still. So I'm just like, mm, no, well, bummer. All right. If I, um, if, if I, if I can find a copy, I'll, I'll let you know. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Um, but that's, um, that's what I was up to this week. Uh, and if you want to keep up with, uh, with us and what we're doing and when we release new episodes, um, you should follow us on the internet. We have a Twitter, a Tumblr, um, an Instagram, a Facebook. All of those are just at Capes and Japes. Uh, we have an email address that's capesandjapes at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to, you know, send us like questions or recommendations or anything there, uh, we have a Discord server that you are more than welcome to join. Um, come, oh boy, I just opened Discord and saw these messages of Moondragon's troubling costume. Um, I, I oh sent boy. Olivia a. Uh, the the most incomprehensible moon dragon outfit I could find. The cape is attached to what is a thin strip of fabric that goes over and like it's it's painted on essentially to the yes. contours of her body. And yes. this is what the cape attaches to. It's it's impossible. It's impossible. It could, There's it, <laughs> it could not exist. It could not exist. Even using her telekinetic powers to keep the costume on her body, it would not work. At that um, point, like, you're just wasting your energy. Sure, you look exactly. cool, but at what cost? At what cost, Heather? Um, anyways, we have a Discord server. You're more than welcome to join it and uh, talk to us about comics and also not comics. We are around and we... We'd love to talk to you guys. Um, we have a Patreon. If you are able and willing to support us on there, it um, we appreciate it a lot. Um, we You can get bonus episodes, uh, watch stuff with us, pick what topics we discuss. Um, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you want to help out the show, uh, leaving a rating and review is a cool way to do that. Um, we will give you a shout out for sure. Um, telling a friend about the show, if you think they would be interested in it, uh, and just coming back and joining us and listening and being here as you have been here once again today for this episode of Capes and Japes. So thank you for joining us. 
I have been Olivia. I have been Briar. And as always, sometimes you just gotta show off your titties. I'm so sorry. It <laughs> Moon Dragon was right this whole time. <laughs> Actually, listen now that we think about it, you know, who can blame her? <laughs> uh.